0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is April 13th. Today, we're going to continue in Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to talk about one of the more famous stories or scriptures from the Savior's life. But what's fascinating is taking a look at this story in context of what we've already learned in Matthew chapter 16. I think in the past, I've been guilty of taking a look at these scriptures as an island, just kind of isolating them as their own entity. But it's so fascinating when we think about how the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to the Savior and asked for a sign. And he was like, you can see signs in the heavens and know what the weather's going to be, but you can't see the signs that I've already given. And then he's kind of teaching the disciples about this and about how we have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Really, this entire chapter is a chapter where the Savior is trying to teach the disciples how to be converted, how to gain a testimony. And so understanding that, understanding that frustrating experience with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and then understanding how he's trying so hard to teach the disciples, going into the Savior's question for the disciples just seems a little bit different when we understand it in this context. So starting in verse 13, it says, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremias, or one of the prophets. So the Savior's asking, what are other people saying about me? Here, the Pharisees and the Sadducees just came looking for a sign that I'm actually who I say I am. Well, who are men saying that I am? What do men think about me? And the apostles say, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. And that's kind of funny because there were a lot of people that thought John the Baptist was Christ. So it's funny that they kind of think that, well, maybe Christ is John the Baptist come back to life. Some say Elias, which remember, that's another name for Elijah. And that makes sense because at the end of the Old Testament, they were promised that he would return. Others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now, what's fascinating to me about this scripture is there isn't... Many religions out there that don't believe in Christ in some way or another. Islam believes that Christ was a prophet. A lot of Jews also recognize Christ as a prophet or a teacher. The Buddhists believe that he was one of the forms of Buddha. Lots and lots of world religions recognize Christ as someone great. Whether a great teacher, a great prophet, their version of their God, a lot of world religions today can recognize Christ as something. And it seems that a lot of people in the Savior's day could recognize him as something as well. Well, maybe you're John the Baptist, maybe you're Elijah, maybe you're Jeremiah or or another one of the prophets. You are someone and someone important, but they couldn't quite grasp, they couldn't quite get a hold of who he really was. And that's the same in the rest of the world today, same in the rest of the world religions today. Yeah, they might say he's a prophet or a great teacher. Maybe he's. A version of the Buddha. Who knows, right? Because understanding who Christ is and seeing him for who he is, is more than just sitting around and listening to his teachings or reading about his teachings. It requires more. And that is what the Savior is about to teach the apostles. Continuing on, it says, he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Now, I want to pause there really quickly, because that question that the Savior poses to his disciples is a question that each of us need to ask ourselves. We need to check in with ourselves in order to continue to strengthen our testimony in Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ to you? I think that there comes a point in each and every one of our lives where we have to take a step back and ask ourselves, do I believe that Christ is who he says he is? And do I believe that he will and can do what he says he can do? For me, that moment came when I was 15 years old and my family lost my niece. I remember asking myself a similar question. Do I really believe that Christ is who he says he is? And so this question, whom say ye that I am, is a question that we should be asking ourselves. Who is Christ to me? And do I really believe it? So the Savior asks that question of his apostles, and it's Peter who speaks up. Good old daring, brave Peter speaks up and says, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And so he declares the Savior for who he is. And listen to what the Savior teaches. It says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now think about this scripture in the context of this chapter. Here the Sadducees and the Pharisees come to him seeking a sign of man right? They want him to perform some sort of miracle or give some sort of sign so that they can see it and have this physical testimony of the Savior, even though they had already experienced that for some reason they're trying to get their testimony of man. But the Savior is teaching the disciples that true testimony, true conversion doesn't come by what others say. It comes by what the Holy Ghost can teach us. Flesh and blood cannot reveal to us who the Savior is. That testimony comes from heaven, born of the Spirit. Now, that being said, I think it's important to recognize that seeing miracles, seeing amazing things, seeing people be healed, seeing answer to prayer, all of those different things are things that can aid in our testimony. They can aid in our faith in our Father in heaven and in Jesus Christ. But the Spirit has to bear second witness of those things in order for it to become a true and a lasting conversion. Elder Oaks once said, The viewing of signs or miracles is not a secure foundation for conversion. Scriptural history attests that people converted by signs and wonders soon forget them and again become susceptible to the lies and distortions of Satan and his servants. I'm going to pause right there really quickly because that is so true of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Having witnessed miracles, having witnessed a paralyzed man take up his bed and walk, they still come to him. Seeking a sign. Elder Oaks continues, "In contrast to the witness of the Spirit, which can be renewed from time to time as needed by a worthy recipient, the viewing of a sign or the experiencing of a miracle is a one-time event that will fade in the memory of its witness and can dim in its impact upon him or her. What I love about that quote is that it says that when we receive a witness from the Spirit, that is a testimony that is renewable. It's like renewable energy, right? It can happen again and again. As we seek Christ, as we seek testimony, as we seek that light and knowledge in our lives, the Holy Ghost is able to teach us over and over and over again. And our testimony can be renewed and our conversion can deepen. So my friends, my question for you today is where do you go and what do you do so that the Spirit can renew that testimony within you? What is your source for that renewable testimony? For me, it's the Book of Mormon and the scriptures. The scriptures, especially the Book of Mormon, draw me to Jesus Christ and remind me who he is, who he's always been, and his promises for me. But where do you find your renewable testimony of Jesus Christ? Is it in the temples? Is it in scriptures? Is it in church on Sundays? Is it in that still moment as you take the sacrament? Is it in your prayers? If it's been a while since that spirit has been renewed within you, if it's been a while since that testimony has been renewed within you, I invite you to seek out the Savior wherever you can find him in the scriptures, the temples, church, prayer, whatever's worked for you in the past. Seek him out and invite our Father in heaven to remind you of who the Savior is and who he's always been. It's my testimony that as we seek out the Savior and as we seek out that renewable witness of him, that we can come to know Christ, not just know about him, not just be able to recite stories of his lives or facts about him, but we can come to know him in a way that feels intimate and personal, and maybe even more importantly and more powerfully, we can receive witness that he knows us in that same way.